Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Love you. Not today, Bubba. Just Gordy. Gordy. Can I bother you for a second? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks here on the Brownly Dumb Show. Before we get the show started, we'd like to let you know that the Brownly Dumb Show is brought to you by Manscaped. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Folks, using promo code BROBIBLE, B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E, get 20% off and free shipping on your Manscaped order today. Enjoy. That is promo code BROBIBLE, B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E, 20% off. Thanks to Big Game Bob. Folks, enjoy the goddamn show. All right, folks, coming to you live. For those of you who out there who don't know if Los Angeles golf courses are open or not, look no further. Then the outfit I'm wearing right now is I'm dressed up like I'm ready for the Masters. Golf courses are open in L.A. County, a beautiful thing. Hopefully, things are starting to get back to normal here. For those of you watching on the YouTube right now, please go ahead, like, subscribe to the YouTube, support the movement. Another thing we got coming, get excited, folks, our interview on the way now. With Nick Swartzen. For those of you who don't know who Nick Swartzen is, if you know Billy Madison, if you know David Spade, you most likely know Nick Swartzen because they've done everything together. Why I just labeled Adam Sandler as Billy Madison is a huge problem. I don't know why that happened, but if you know Adam Sandler, you know David Spade, you know Nick Swartzen. They're in just about everything together. He's a stand up comedian. That's how he really got his foot in the door. A very good one. Um, and, and I mean, this guy is just a character. He really is. He was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun, you know, together. You, you, you're you interviewing with him. You, what I like about him, he's just such a normal guy. It's not like you're interviewing a celebrity. He's just, I mean, look at the basement setup this guy had. If you folks are watching this on the YouTube, you talk about a guy who doesn't give a fuck, just doesn't give a flying fuck. Look at the background of Swartzen's basement. It looks like he just had a sleepover with 15 people in his basement. There is blankets everywhere. There's pillows. There's just shit everywhere as he's promoting a movie that he was, he was fine to tell us he hadn't even watched yet. He has not even seen the movie that he was there to promote the, little, the wrong Missy on Netflix with David Spade. This guy's just a character. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to him at the end that you'll see. I'm absolutely willing to have him back on the show if he wants to come on. Really was a good guest. Folks, I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. Big game, Bob. Nick Swartz. And folks, enjoy the goddamn show. Swartz, do me a favor. Me and my group chat had a bet. They gave me two to one odds that you would be wearing something Minnesota. Is that a Minnesota shirt you got on right there? It's not. You're it's, killing me. It's a picture of my dad. Ah. I yeah. mean, not that I don't. Okay. I'm okay to see a picture of your dad, but I was hoping it would be something Vikings. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad, and that's that's my mom. Look at you. Quite a little family you got there, huh? It's funny because this is what I fucking had on bef- this morning. 
you're killing me. You really are. I put $25 down. I can't believe I got two to one odds. It was to win 50 bucks and you show up with a family portrait. I know. I did have this on though. So it should be kind of a, a wash actually. Or at least get my money back. No? Yeah, I think you should. Is it weird doing all these Zooms not knowing what you're going to get on the other end? Yeah, it's fucking weird as shit. Because I'm like really bad with technology, so I don't, I don't really know how to download shit or I don't know how to do anything. So, you ready to get rocking and rolling? Yeah, totally. All right, let's get after it here. All right, folks, here we are, the Brilliantly Dumb Show, sitting here with Nick Swartzen, comedian, actor, screenwriter, and producer. His movie, The Wrong Missy, comes out May thirteenth on Netflix. Nick, I, I got a, a little sneak p- preview at this. I love it. I think it's awesome. I really do. Oh, you liked? I haven't. I haven't seen that. You know what's amazing? It's you funny. Know what's, you know what's amazing with you, Nick? You know, I'm looking at all your movies here and everything that you've done. You, you really, you would think with all these movies you put out that you would have a miss every now and then. You really don't miss. Oh, thanks, man. I, uh, I was pretty, I, I, I was pretty thick for that role. I, uh, I was coming off a TV show and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be schlubby office dude. So I'm kind of curious to see how I look. You know but, what? Uh, it was a fun character to play because it was just like, just, uh, I have so many friends like that. It's just like the coworker from hell, fucking idiot. You know what's amazing too? I mean, you and Spade, the chemistry is so clear. I mean, how long have you guys have been doing this? Right. Which really makes it good. Are you, with all the movies you've done, the whole media tour, are you tired of seeing guys like me or do you enjoy the media process building up to a movie? I don't mind it. I mean, I don't mind it with people that, I mean, you're cool. You know what I mean? I appreciate so, that, Nick. Yeah. I mean, people that are fucking normal, I, I don't mind. I mean, it's just certain press, certain press stuff is fucking annoying because they don't, they don't like, they just don't know what they're talking about. So, and that's really obvious or they'll just go off like a fucking, you know, generic like Wikipedia shit or something, you know. I actually did press one time on a red carpet and the woman goes, So, have you ever met Adam Sandler? Oh, and, and I go, What? And she goes, Have you ever met him? And I go, Yeah, I've, I mean, I've done like 10 movies with him. She's like, Oh, so you've met him. And I was like, One would say, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something, Nick, and I'll try and make it so you're not getting the same repetitive shit that you're used to getting. When you, with everything going on, you you got your start in stand-up comedy, something that I didn't think about till I saw it. Dave Chappelle and all them raised about 100K for stand-up comedians, you know, trying to make it in the game. Is it hard for you to, to see what's going on and, you know, what they're going through right now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was one thing that concerned uh, a lot of comics right away was um, the comedy clubs, the staff, and just the other comics that, you know, rely heavily on the road. I mean, I checked in with all my openers, I mean, up and coming comics and guys like that, that, you know, count a shitload on my tours and my all my stuff, you know? So I just checked in with them immediately and donated to clubs. So, you know, people forget about 
that side of it. You know what I mean? If you're a fucking full-time comic, you know, I mean, comics are, I mean, I've been, I've been a comic and a part of that family for 25 years. So I'm fluent in these fucking idiots. And it's like, <laughs> nobody saves money. I mean, no, everyone's like, not everyone, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, it's not, you know, they're, comics are, I mean, they're immature for the most part. Again, not everyone, but I'm not excluding myself from this. So, you know, it's like something like this hits and it, it, it is very jarring. You know, it's amazing too. I mean, so many people are affected that, that you forget all the different ways that, that other careers and stuff are affected. So, I, you know, I see that article and it's interesting, you know, stand-up comedians too. Yeah. Nick, if I go back into the day, okay, and I go to St. Paul Central High, and I go to those students that were there, the St. Paul alumni, all right, you were expelled four times, and I say Nick Swartzen's going to grow up, be on Netflix, mo- Netflix movie after movie. Would they get it? Is it something that people saw? Were you always the class clown? People saw... Well, different sides of me. So one thing I always was, was a, uh, I was always a clown. Always. Like, even in grade school, I found one of my old yearbooks and people were like, you are the funniest person I know. I mean, this is like in sixth grade. And they're like, you're going to be a comedian, all this stuff. And then I just carried it over. I mean, I was always goofing around, but I don't don't think anybody (laughs) would have gone like oh he's gonna make a living at that for sure so I was nominated you know when you have like the class polls I was up for most likely to go bankrupt (laughs) that's real I was it was like I was one of the nominees for that so they also saw like the the party side of me which was a big side (laughs) looks like you just threw a party in your basement just now yeah, it's a little chaotic. I, I I broke into a crate and barrel, and I just live in the basement of it. So, so let me ask you something, okay? You you start stand-up comedy, what, to 16 years old? I started improv comedy at 16. Is it stand-up at 19. Is it hard when you would have a, a bad night? Is it harder to to take in the bad nights when you're that young? Does it get to you more than when you were 21 and go up there and have a rough night? Bombing is one of the most jarring mindfuck things you can ever experience. It is fucking awful. Because, and it's a good question because when you're young and you're developing – you know, I, I had a weird road where I I killed right away. So my first time on stage was phenomenal. It went great. It was an open mic in Minnesota, and the crowd was great. And I was super high energy, and it went great. So I didn't really bomb for a long time because I was really physical and loud. So it was almost like they could – it was almost impossible. It was hard to bomb. Yeah, because I only had – I would only be doing three or four minutes. So if I'm fucking running around the stage like a lunatic, so then when I got settled in and built up my act and more and more, and then when I started, when I bombed, it was, it was pretty bad, man. It, it took me, it took me a while to get back on stage because it, it really shocks the shit out of you. So would you, would you say that it hurt you that you bombed later in your career as to at least you could just get it out of the way if you bomb 
first five shows? I don't, I mean, that's hard for me to say, you know, but I, I, the only thing that, that is great about it is that, you know, you have to bomb. So, you know, when I talk to younger comics and, and they're like, you know, they're, they stress about it or they stress that it happened. I'm like, no, no, no. Like you have to, it's fucking great. Got to get it out of the it's, way. It's all an experience. It's just experiencing all of it, you know, and you have to, you have to put yourself out there. You're already fucking doing it going on stage, which is insanity. I remember this. Is, I don't know why I thought of this, but I remember I was at an open mic in Minnesota and I was coming through town and uh, I needed an opener. I didn't have an opener. And I was like, fuck. So I go to the opener, or the open mic, and uh, I go to the owner, and I'm like, hey, who's funny? Who, like, I just need someone to do, like, 10 minutes. And he's like, oh, this dude. So I saw this guy. He's really funny. And I came up afterwards. I'm like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? He's like, nothing. I'm like, will you open for me? I'll give you, like, a couple hundred bucks. Just do, like, 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Where? I'm like, North Dakota. Anyway, we go <laughs> do a gig in North Dakota. Pull up at this theater on campus, and he goes, how many people is this? And I go, uh, I don't know. It's, like, 4,000. And he goes, <laughs> He goes, I'm sorry, what? And I go, yeah, it's like 4,000. It'll be fun. And he's like, and I go, what? And he goes, and I go, what's the biggest crowd you've done? And he goes, 40. Remember the open mic that you just saw me at? And I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, that was probably it, about 30 people. And I was like, dude, don't freak out. Just treat it like it's 30 people. And he's like, what? And I go, just treat it like it's 30 people. I go, if you bomb, who fucking cares? You're getting paid, we'll get drunk. And he's like, all right. So we went out and he fucking killed. And then we went out with my buddies. We just got hammered. But uh, it was just, I don't know, a side story I thought of where it just doesn't matter if you just are yourself. It doesn't matter if it's 30 people or 4,000. We just go and have fun. And if you bomb, you fucking bomb. Who cares? This guy comes out and, and crushes it in front of 4,000. He fucking killed. He was hilarious. What's he like after? Is he just bouncing off the walls? Yeah, it's fucking stuff. That's one thing that changes your life forever when you fucking crush in front of thousands and thousands of people so my opening acts are people throughout the years that i just thought were funny and that weren't they weren't getting off credit so i would bring them on the road guys from la guys from minnesota whoever and you know they would go from these open mics to thousands of people and they would fucking kill because they were funny and they just never got the respect locally especially los angeles so hard to get stage time so I would bring guys like BJ Novak I brought out on the road with me, Dan Mintz, Zach Galifianakis. I mean, it goes on for years of really funny people. Howard Kramer, I mean, tons of people. Tig you Nataro. Know, you know what I you know, I find funny with you? Because, you know, when I, I think of, of Minnesota, I, I don't really think – I think you're the only person to have told the joke in Minnesota. I don't really think comedy clubs. Were there a lot of comedy clubs out there? Yeah, there were. I mean, back in the 80s, there was comedy clubs everywhere. They had like eight clubs in Minnesota. And then when I started in the 90s, they had, they had two. They had Acme Comedy Company and they had Knuckleheads. But I mean, you know, Mitch Hedberg is from St. Paul, Minnesota. Sure. And he, he cut his teeth at a lot of places around the country, but he worked a lot in Minnesota. He worked in Seattle, Florida, but he, you know, he did a lot of Minnesota. He was big. I mean, he's a Minnesota comic. You know what, too? You mentioned mentioned Knuckleheads, and it's in the Mall of America. Isn't it hard to find the club in Mall of America? I mean, can you invite people without there being a problem of them finding it? I mean, you know, it's it's isolated. It was defunct now, but it was isolated on a top floor 
with, you know, Minnesota's just so funny. They had like a tropical bar. I mean, they had like, you know, a Fat Tuesday bar, but it's fucking Minnesota. So it's like, hey, do you want to, you know, Fat Tuesday? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's negative 40 out. Yeah, I'll fucking, I'll wear my Hawaiian parka. I feel like it's, it's on a fucking island. I feel like you're so fucking cold that it's hard to laugh. No, it helps. It's great. I mean, the, the thing's got a fucking roof on it. It's not like <laughs> outdoors in the parking lot. Take but me. I mean, go ahead. What? Take no, me. it's just, it was funny because it's, it's a lot of tourists. So it's not the, you know, the best comedy club on the planet, but it, it was fine. They got big names, but it was a lot of, you know, people from North Dakota with shopping <laughs> bags and people from Iowa and, you know, it was really touristy. So it wasn't, you know, I don't know. It was fine though. Take me through the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival. Is it safe to say you go on stage? Probably at that time, you would say the biggest crowd you've had. You absolutely dominate. Is I mean, are you just, is the adrenaline pumping? The U.S. Comedy Arts Festival was a festival that I got with HBO after I've been doing it for like probably six months is when I got it. It's amazing. And it was, it was a huge festival and it's defunct now, like everything, but it wasn't big crowds. It was industry crowds. So Aspen was a small town, amazing town, but it was all networks. So, you know, it was through HBO. So it was a giant fucking deal. So they would pick all these new comics, older comics, giant names, headliners, and they would all converge into Aspen. And then it was just a shit show. It was like, parties and network deals and tv deals and i was fucking 19 i don't know what, i don't know what i was doing i remember my the guy who worked at hbo was handing me cocktails under the table <laughs> and shit like, like, <laughs> so. coming at you fast at that point yeah so i didn't know what i was doing i was you know to- i was so green which is a term for somebody that doesn't know what the fuck they're fuck doing, doing <laughs> so i just wanted autographs i was like oh dude i want autographs and then I'd sign with a manager and he was like, what? You don't want a TV deal? I'm like, I don't even know what the, I don't even know what that is. And then I don't, so have, any, I don't have any life experience at that point. Was it after that though, then you ship off to New York? Yeah. To pursue this full time. Was that, would you say a ballsy move at the time or you had already kind of got your feet wet to where you knew you had a shot at this? No, that was a ballsy move. I mean, I got my feet wet in terms of I had done you know, I toured a lot just around the Midwest and I did the, the HBO festival. So that was a huge notch under my belt, just having yep. that. And I had a manager and stuff. So I was like, okay. And all the comics were like, don't go to LA, go to New York. So I went to New York to really kick my ass and it did. It kicked the shit out of me. I mean, I was, couldn't have been more right off the train, like Minnesota, <laughs> walking into fucking New York. That's your Randy Monsters. Fucking New York. Fuck you. That's basically just walking. I mean, you got to remember this is the mid nineties and shit. So I was just like, all right, but it was fucking nuts, man. It opened me up to, you know, obviously a billion friends and also just comedy, just seeing so many different styles, so many different clubs. I mean, it was nuts, man. It was, I'm so glad that I made the move to New York instead of LA. Do what was your, was it in New York where you, what was your real big time I made it moment? I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't know. There's no real, 
if you have an I made it moment, you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That's a great you answer. You never go like, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I made it, everybody. Here. You have like little moments, but nothing is... I still don't feel like I've had a you made... I mean, I guess, you know, but I mean, I still don't feel like it's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm still I'm, I'm trying to do something else and you know, more like be relevant moment kind of. But but you mean to tell me like your first comedy, you know, is Comedy Central stand up. That wasn't to you. Yeah, like, that was that was the first like, like I'm here. Right, right. Type of shit. You know what I mean? So that that's the first Comedy Central half hour was like, hey, hi, my name's Nick. Going on type I'm of thing, Nick, you know? yeah. And then it was, you know, from there it just went fucking bonkers, but you know that that would if there was one definitive point that would definitely be it the first half hour but were you were you shitting bricks or were you so accustomed no. to this by now that you were ready no i was it, being like as kind of new as i was it it almost i didn't overthink it so when i was at the cut back to the hbo festival i was at there were comics that had been doing it for 15 years 10 years and i was been doing it 6 months so I had no pressure. I was just like, all right. I, I've seen it still before. <laughs> yeah. So they were like sweating. Like this was live or die. Like, oh my God. So when I got the Comedy Central thing, I was 22, 23 years old, whatever. And I was like, fuck yeah. Let's fucking dance, dude. Ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So I just had, I just had a blast. And they rolled the dice giving me that because I was so young. And I remember Comedy Central was like, no, he's too young. And this guy, Chris Young, fought for me. And he was like, nope, Nick Swanson needs a fucking half hour. And he fought for me, and I got it, and it changed my life. Oh, shit. Hang right there, folks. So sorry to interrupt. Just want to interrupt to let you know that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you by Manscaped. The flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your lawn. Thanks to Manscaped, you can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels cannot beat that, cannot underestimate the importance of taking care of those things downstairs. Folks, you can get 20 percent off that's 20 percent off using promo code BROBIBLE, B-R-O. B-I-B-L-E for 20% off and free shipping of your next Manscaped order today. Folks, enjoy the rest of the show. Enjoy your properly cleaned nutsacks. After you get that half hour, are there people, whether it's friends from Minnesota you grow up with, kind of coming out of the woodworks at that point to kind of latch on to Nick Swarson? Does that happen when everything hits Ninjas <laughs> came out of the shadow. You could have one under the fucking blanket behind you right now. Yeah, there's several. <laughs> They're fucking gray and standing against the wall. Um, I mean, nobody really now. Nothing where it was like, oh god, people are latching onto me. I mean, you know, that kind of. There's always some kind of shit like that, but nothing that stood out of like, hey, get the fuck away from me, Gary. (laughs) No, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I would help people, but you can't, at the end of the day, you have to find your own path. And that's just true to life. The longer you live, it's like, 
you can only do so much for people, but you have to, you have to find your own way. You know what I right. mean? Even like working with Sandler, some people I've, you know, I'll read stuff are like, oh, yeah, oh. Sandler's head and neck everything. It's like, no, I had to fucking work my ass off. You think Sandler like just keeps handing people shit? It's like, you have to fucking work for it. Like when I first met him, I'd already done stand-up. I'd already been on TV. I'd already done all this shit. And he gave me Grandma's Boy and he was like, rewrite this movie and write yourself in it. And, you know, let's see what, how that looks. And I, I did. And then he was like, that's fucking great. Uh, you want to write this movie Benchwarmers? So it just like built up and I had to like always work for it. You know what I mean? It was never like, I never called him for a part, asked him for shit. He was always like, okay, Nick. Nick will be right. So that's got to get under your skin, though, with how hard you have worked and the fact that you had pretty much already made it before Sandler. Does that bother you when you hear that or you just let it go? I really don't give a fuck. Good for you. Good for you. That's stuff like I read, you know, throughout my career. Like, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I have zero fucks. (laughs) I could not give a shit about what people say about me, but. You know, it's just a funny thing that I read where it was like, and that's a testament to Adam. You know what I mean? I'm not like just being like, no, of course. It, you know, like it was one of those things where, you know, he doesn't let people just stand around and wait for shit, you know? And I've never been somebody that, you know, if I needed help or something, I would ask for it. But I mean, for the most part, you know, you got to fucking bust your ass, you know? I was going to ask you if you knew Adam Sandler personally until you told me that somebody already <laughs> asked that on the red carpet. That's such an, a weird question. That's terrible. I, I mean, that's just terrible. Yeah, it's a real question, too. <laughs> and then sometimes it, when the questions are dumb, I'll just kind of go with, make whatever. I remember one time, they, you know, people would ask me, ask me how I met Adam Sandler, and I'm like, I was on fucking the radio i won a radio contest and i'm like yeah i fucking the 50th caller (laughs) yeah i called in and they picked me and that was it take me through take me through you know we talked i i made it moments when you get that call take me through me whether it was me to madam sandler do you get a phone call from him what's that what's going through your head it's like a bat signal (laughs) in hollywood it's just a guy like this and it just beams in the air, and I'm like, oh, Adam. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Go to the stable. <laughs> Go. Phenomenal Sandler. Yeah. He, um, he enjoys it, and then also gets annoyed because he'll be in his office writing, and I'll walk past the door. I would I would always do this. So he's he's writing, and then I would do this. I would go. <laughs> and he'd be like, "All right, fucking." <laughs> he's like, yeah, "Fuck you." <laughs> I didn't know you had the Sandler impression in your back pocket, though. Yeah, Doug. I really didn't know that they, that you had fucking, that in there. I also have a bomb ass hockey haircut. My. That I cut myself. Yeah, that's fresh lettuce right there. That really is. Show me that tattoo. You got to show me that tattoo one more time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's a game changer. Do you call? Um, so wait, I, my manager called me and he goes, "Hey, Adam Sandler wants to meet you." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, he's a fan of your stand-up. He saw you on TV." So I was like, "All right, it's fucking crazy." So. 
I went and sat down with him and shot the shit. And Grandma's boy was the first thing. But when you go to sit down with him, you shitting bricks on the way over there to go meet Adam Sandler? I mean, I was pretty numb to it. It just was so bizarre. You know what I mean? You know when something is, I don't know if you've ever had that, but where something's just so insane that your brain can't even really process it. I was just kind of like, what? Kind of like this interview right now for me. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Tip of the caps, Watson. Absolutely. Give you some love there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's just so bizarre. So I just went and I I just kind of was like, and went in and sat down with him. And he's such a normal guy. And I'm like a normal dude. So that's one reason why we hit it off so well is that I've never had an ego. I'm not a fucking dick, you know, and he's not either. So we were just kind of like, oh, uh, yeah. And, you know, he'd be like, what was New York like? And cause I started one of the clubs he started at. So we were, I was like, oh, yeah. I guys started the comic strip and like Lucian hold and everything. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just all, and you know, a lot of it was sports and stuff like that. And, you know, it was, you know, it was fine. Just like a normal dude. And but then, I mean, it, you know, it was, it took a while. It wasn't until I got his phone number. Then that was like weird. You know, that's was, that's oh. when it hits. Yeah. When he's like, oh yeah, here, take my cell. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. Then I'm like, oh, that's fucking all right. And then, and then he now, gives like, you. Yeah, he gives you the nod, the green light, well, grandma's boy. Okay. Yeah. What's the transition? Are you worried about the transition from stand-up now to now you're in a movie working with Adam Sandler? Is that a tough transition? No. Not at all. Come on. Are you serious? No, because I had, I had acted before. I'd already, done, I'd already done movies. I'd already done shit. So it wasn't like, this is what I wanted. So I was like, all right, let's fucking go, dude. I was stoked. I was, I mean, I, you know, there was a little pressure, but there's pressure on all of us involved. So it was like the lead, Alan Covert, one of his best friends, ton of pressure on him. The director, Nick Goosen, he was 26 years old. It was a ton of pressure on him. So it wasn't like, you know, pressure was when I did Bucky Larson. And that was a movie Adam and I pretty much wrote together and with Colbert and that McBride's in that too right no Bucky Larson 30 minutes or less is what I did with McBride okay but Bucky Larson that was fucking pressure because that was me on the poster Nick Swartzen this character nobody fucking knew who it was I didn't even know who it was I had to find him and so (laughs) it was just like okay this was all on me so that that was pressure dude grandma's boy was just a blast it was like there was no expectation it was low budget and it was fucking weird. So then the shit's officially popped off for you. Is well, it? I, I mean, the movie tanked. But it cost it, five million and it made like six. But then it exploded on DVD and shit. But so I guess I could like, take back my first. It wasn't like first... fucking Avatar where all of a sudden, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I guess you do miss then. I guess Nick Swarston does miss. I got to retract that statement. Well, I was, I thought you were referring to my performances. Like there we go. Acting. There we go. Well, movies-wise, though, too, if you look at your resume, th- there's not a whole lot that misses, Nick. Well, I've never done anything where I'm like, you know, I, I don't think is funny or has potential, especially, you know, with my character. I'm like, oh, I, I don't just do shit just to do shit, you know? Right. What's like, I don't want to be in, like, a shitty sitcom. Like, I'm, not, I'm not, like, a money dude where I'm like, yeah, I just will jump on this shitty show for fucking eight years. I, like, 
if people knew all the stuff I've created that didn't get made, you would, it would blow your mind. I'll, tr- I'll release those scripts someday, figure out how to do that. But I've developed so many weird shows that have gone nowhere. Even though I could have made way more money doing something else, I was just like, no, I'm doing this fucking show. And then I would develop it for a year. You know what's you know what's funny about that? We had Kevin Connolly on the show, and 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 he said oh, I know Kevin. Yeah. He's a great guy, and he great said guy. he said the same thing. He he just there's so much shit that even that he's been in that that people don't really know, like Rocky. You know, yeah. and like people forget about that. Oh, Kevin knows for sure. I've known Kevin probably, I mean, almost twenty years. Get out. Yeah, from L.A. Yeah, he was somebody that um. I would see it auditions all the time for fucking years. It's funny when you, when you first moved to Hollywood, especially back then before like reality TV and shit, where it was just, it was constant auditions, movies, TV, you know, it was all scripted shit. So it was nuts. You would see the same people all the time at auditions. Right. Like, Hey, what's up, man? Cause we're on the same group, you know? When, what time around was this when you would run into them? This would probably be the early mid two thousands. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah. And so I would play basketball with him too. And then it's, fu- it's even funnier when you grow up with people and you see, we you know, then people get famous and they take off in their own way. And it's just, it's hilarious. Were you posting it's, him I, up? I fucking know a billion people like that. I mean, it's crazy. What's the, you probably didn't see this one coming, but something that I've always wondered, I wanted to save this one for you as many benefits as there are to being famous as a celebrity. What would Nick Swartzen say is the worst part of it? What bothers you the most? Is it you in the middle of a meal, somebody comes up to you? What's the worst part about it that you could do without? I would say... I'm excited for this. You got no idea. If I'm taking a shower, (laughs) people will break in and throw a Molotov cocktail at me. Come on. It's so annoying. <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to clean myself. All of a sudden, swarry! And it's just, and fucking flames. But I'm in the shower, so it gets put out. It's just fucking annoying. So annoying. What a broken record. I think Connolly and Sandler would say the same thing, though. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let me so Swarson, let me while we get ready to close down here another thing what would you say someone it's all said and done because eventually i don't know if you know yet but eventually you're gonna die and yeah. when that day comes what are the three movies you want to be remembered for that's that's, that's a great question no one's ever asked me that i mean that sincerely i would say really? The three I'd want to be remembered for. Oh, God, that's really fucking tough. I, I just got you. I just hit deep, no? Yeah, that's tricky. I would say probably. Uh, I mean, I would have to say. Grandma's Boy? I would have to say. I'm going to do this. I'm going to exempt Grandma's Boy because it's just kind of an obvious go to, you know? Agreed. Agreed. That's almost, you know. So outside of that, I would say probably. Bucky Larson. Interesting. Um, 30 Minutes or Less. Beauty. Beauty. And uh, 
just go with it. Look at you. Look at you. I like that you put Grandma's Boy out of there because it's kind of like you, you have to put that in. So we really then would only be focusing on the last two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say th- I would say those three because they're all they're all totally different, right? You know? and they're and they're all I don't know. They're, they're three of my favorites. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a hot transition here. Is Kirk Cousins a top fifteen quarterback? Please don't say yes. Top fifteen? Top fifteen. I'm not gonna say top ten. If you're gonna sit it sit here right oh, now. No, I, top fifteen, yes, I would. Okay. Top oh. ten, I don't think I would say top ten. Top fifteen, I would yes, I would say that. So you would give him about to eleven to fifteen mark right there. Yeah. I respect that. Because if yeah. you came here and said top five or top ten. It's like, come on, Swartzen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like completely delusional, you know. I this season, I just this all sucks. Yeah, really I can't even fucking get excited about this season. It's just fucking so lame. I get so many Vikings questions. And I'm just like, I don't even. Know, I, I'm on the phone all day, like talking to comics about the state of comedy and talking to any of my friends who are athletes about the state of baseball and football. And it's just, it's fucking psycho. And like, my friends were in the league playing the NFL. I'm like, what is the deal? And they're like, and everyone just basically says there's going to be a season with no fans. I think it's a general consensus. You know where I think that really stings too? Where, Where really gets me? NFL, I think we can all agree is superior. But when it comes to fans, college football without fans is a problem. Yeah, that's 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 insane. But I don't, I feel like they haven't, said that they were going to pull fans from college. College is its own beast, you know. I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I feel like just at the same time, though, you're dealing with a younger fan base in some ways that it's hard to – I feel like it's easier to put fans in a in an NFL stadium than college. Yeah. You know? I would say <laughs> – I don't know. They should just have the drunkest people be allowed in. It should be the opposite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it should be the opposite of a breathalyzer where it's like you've got to be over to this. Yeah, right. point, point oh eight. Now <laughs> let's go. You're That's good to just go. a fucking hot mess. <laughs> well, that would be me every fucking football game I've ever gone to. Uh, you'd be in every single game. You'd be in every stadium. Yeah, I'm either not drinking at all or I'm just a ham town shit faced. Blackout. Yeah, I don't remember two games I went to last year at, at all. I don't remember the game at all. <laughs> yeah, 43. Good job, Well, folks, again, The Wrong Missy comes out May 13th on Netflix. What's next for Nick Swartz? And do you just kind of breathe a little? Do you do you I'm gonna let it marinate? This. Well, I, what I'm gonna do now is, um, probably tape a special this summer and then just drop it on my website. Good for you. You can't because you can't have big crowds. And then I was supposed to shoot a TV show I created in April, and I'm gonna just write more on that and try to develop that one. I was gonna shoot it on my own. It was me and Ron White and Theo Vaughn. The show I created oh, nice. about a family of ghost hunters, and uh, so I'm gonna develop that. Will you uh, will you come back on when that time comes and shoot the shit with me a little bit some more? Yeah, of course I will. Can I get up from you before we close out here? 
This is Nick Swartston. You're listening to the Brilliantly Dumb Show. I want to put you in the intro. Can I? Can you say it? My name is Swartson. Swartson or Swartston? Swartson. Let it rip. I'm Nick Swartson. Yeah, you're listening to the Brilliantly Dumb Show. I'm Nick Swartson, and you're listening to the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Swartson, you're you're an absolute electric factory. You really are. Thanks, man. It was a pleasure. Hey, best of luck to you, all right? Yeah, you too. Stay healthy, man. Let's hope for football. Always. Thank you so much for your time. You take care, buddy. Okay, brother. Cheers. Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Love you. Not today, Bubba. Gordy. Gordy, can I bother you for a second?